At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Rush Hour with Danny Burke on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. It is that time, folks. Welcome into another edition of Rush Hour presented by Bet Rivers. I'm Danny Burke, your host. As always, I'm live out of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook here in Des Plaines, Illinois, in the beautiful sportsbook we got set up here in Des Plaines. All the screens going out, food's coming out. It smells delicious. Might have to stop by and get myself some after the show. But speaking of which, with tonight's show, we've got a good lineup for you this evening. Ryan Rothstein, host of the Philadelphia City Cast. He he will be joining us in about 15 minutes. And look, the Eagles are on a bye week this week, but that doesn't mean we can't conversate with Ryan about the quarterback situation with Philly. Is there really one? I personally don't think there's going to be one. But, hey, Ryan obviously has his ear to the ground there in Philly, so we'll see what his thoughts are, what the local media is saying, what the fans are thinking, and the Eagles' hopes in the NFC East and just an overall outlook for the NFC East. Plus, he's got some thoughts in college basketball tonight as well, so we'll get some plays for him on the hardwood. Half hour from now, we've got a big slate on the ice. Andy McNeil, Beeson's NHL expert, will be going over some of his top plays for the slate tonight. And look, I'm going to throw a couple more games at him too because I think when you know when you get these big slate of games, a lot kind of get lost in the mix and maybe aren't focused in on as much. So I want to throw a few at him to see what his thoughts are that we might even play by the end of the show because in 45. We always got Danny's dime, so I'll be dishing out some of my best bets. And I do have one in hockey tonight. Might be looking at a couple more based on what Andy says. So we'll talk some hockey plays. We'll talk some college football. And got one in the NFL for the upcoming slate that I want to jump in on early rather than later. So we'll discuss that in about 45 minutes. It is Tuesday, though, so we will kick things off with the NFL. And because it's Tuesday, that means it is time for Teaser Tuesday here on Rush Hour. Let's discuss the perfect games, potentially, hopefully they're perfect, for the best teaser opportunities for the upcoming slate. And if you don't know about a teaser, well, let us tell you, teaser is a betting selection that allows you to alter the line by six, six and a half, or seven points in your favor. You got to have two legs in it, and they both got to hit. Now, there is a pattern that you typically want to follow, and those are the spots that we are going to go through in this upcoming segment because home favorites of just over seven points historically are one of the most successful selections that you want to look to put in your bet. So if a team's laying seven and a half, eight, or eight and a half, you would tease them down by six, and it gets you through the key numbers of seven and three. That's the most important factor. You want to cross those key numbers. Other areas that you can look to bet are short home or road underdogs catching plus one and a half, plus two, up to plus two and a half. Tease them up by six. You cross the key numbers of three and seven, and then you got yourself looking a lot better in that spot. We're coming off finally a teaser when it seems like it's been forever. Uh, we teased down the Cardinals, which was a road favorite, but there are some exceptions. So we teased them down, teased up the Chargers as well, and we got a nice dub this past weekend. Let's see if there's some good spots for this upcoming weekend. And we begin 
with the Browns and the Ravens matchup in the AFC North. These teams just faced off, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday prior. Browns had a bye week this past weekend, and look, the Ravens are getting more and more banged up, but it's still a division game. You still got Lamar Jackson, and you still have this Cleveland team that not a lot of people are sold on. So the spread right now is at 2.5 in favor of Cleveland. So the way that you could tease this up, Road underdog being Baltimore, plus two and a half, tease them up by six to plus eight and a half. And in order to win, of course, they would have to cover eight and a half. And like I always like to do, I apply that to every game they've had this season. So if the Ravens, for example, were catching eight and a half in every spot, how many times have they covered that this year? They have done that in every single game except two. And the two matchups was against Cincinnati where it was just a brutal game, 41 to 17, they dropped it. Other matchup was at Miami, 22 to 10. They fell victim in that matchup. Now, of course, another way that you would lose this, aside from the Ravens kind of just stinking it up as well, if the Browns are dominant. So how dominant have they been this year? How many times have they beaten an opponent by more than eight and a half points? They have only done that three times. And a couple of them were at the beginning of the year. I mean, 31 to 21 versus Houston. Then after they beat Chicago, where they just dominated at the line of scrimmage, 26 to 6. Another matchup where they really had an impressive showing against the Bengals, 41 to 16. Overall this season, the Browns do have an average winning margin of 11.3, but it's a little bit skewed because of that Bengals game and what they did at the beginning of the year. I'm not in love with this teaser game, but would completely agree if anybody would want to do it in the sense that, yeah, I mean, you would think the Ravens could keep it close. I've got more thoughts in this game that we'll talk about for another best bet later in the show. But what scares me is that, you know, when the Ravens lose sometimes, they tend to kind of do it in big fashion. I mean, I know a lot of their games have been close, but because of all the injuries that they've dealt with, because of the emotional loss that just occurred on Sunday and the Browns being rested, maybe it could be a little bit tougher of a spot. But I wouldn't disagree with you if you wanted to tease them up. Falls in a good opportunity historically. Let's talk about another matchup now, the Panthers and the Falcons that, look, this line's actually moved up to three at Bat Rivers, but I'm sure you'll see a two and a half out there if there's not still some out right now. Um, the Falcons have been such a tricky team, as they always are to handicap, but I would argue you get a better read on Atlanta almost than the Panthers, unless in the sense that you are looking to fade Carolina because everybody went crazy. Cam Newton, two touchdowns from the one-yard line. Oh, man, the Panthers are back. Well, what's happened since he's been back? Absolutely nothing. Lost to the Dolphins and a loss to the Washington football team. It beat the Cardinals. Okay, they had Colt McCoy in that game, and they were just terrible, and P.J. Walker did most of the work. Look, in order to win, if you want to tease up Atlanta, let's just say to plus 8.5, they've covered that in 7 out of 12 games. They did lose earlier to Carolina this season, but it was 19-13, so they would have covered the teaser spot in that matchup. They do have an average losing margin of 19.6 overall and 31.5 on the road, but it's because of the two huge games that they just got creamed by on the road this season, so not really taking that much into account. But what about the Panthers? You know, when they've won, how dominant have they been? How many times have they covered 8.5 this season? They have only done that three times, 26-7 versus the Saints at the beginning of the year. 24 to 9 against the Texans and then that game we talked about against the Cardinals they won 34 to 10. They have an average winning margin of 13.8 but honestly after starting out 3 and 0 they've really been such a mess. And again, look, Cam Newton pad the stats or not pad the stats. 
I don't think he's getting the job done that consistently. I still don't trust him. There was a reason the Panthers cut him initially. There's a reason he's not in the Patriots anymore. And I, it's, I'm not saying he can't go out there and beat Atlanta because Atlanta's not a solid team by any stretch of the imagination. But I feel like teasing up Atlanta could be a decent outlook. Heck, I would even consider taking the three points with Atlanta so I would for sure be comfortable with teasing them up. So consider teasing up the Falcons against the Panthers. Another spot here, except we got the home favorite situation. Let's go to the Mile High City Broncos taking on the Lions. We were discussing this game last night with Dan Leach. And look, it seems like the right play would almost be to take the points with Detroit. But if you're not too confident in them because they almost had their Super Bowl, you could say, against the Vikings finally getting a win, but you're not trusting Denver, well, you could tease them down from minus eight to minus two as a home favorite. They have only covered minus two, though, in six out of 12 games. They do have an average winning margin of 16 at home. In order to lose, the Lions, of course, would have to cover plus two. And with them covering two, this is weird, but it's insane because of how crazy Detroit has been. They're two, seven, and three with an ATS spot of plus two because they've lost by two three times this season. How do you do that? Who the heck knows, but it's Detroit. And aside from that, we know they had the tie with Pittsburgh, and then they had the outright win against Minnesota. But they do just have an average losing margin on the road of 8.4. So it's a little bit better for Detroit. But look, I, this one seems gross all around because you don't know what the sentiment of Detroit after their first win is going to be. How is Denver going to bounce back with that brutal offense? A lot of things to consider. I'm not in love with Denver, so I would probably only do a full game bet and take the points with the Lions. But Nothing I've played officially, probably not my favorite teaser spot of the week. But one that I do like a lot, and this line's moving down toward the 49ers, I would tease up San Francisco. Now, they're down to about a half-point dog catching the half-point, but, you know, earlier they were plus one and a half, so a lot of the attention is going to San Fran here against Cincinnati. I get it. The 49ers dropped to the Seahawks. But as bad as the Seahawks have looked, Let's be honest, Seattle was due for a win. It was a division game, and they still have weapons there. So I'm not going nuts about the fact the 49ers lost that game because even before that, before this winning streak, we were questioning Shanahan in the hot seat potentially. So I'm not too – my thoughts aren't too altered based on what happened this last week against the 49ers. With the Bengals, I, I'm not – I haven't been the highest on them even before this season. Yes, they've exceeded expectations, but I do think the 49ers are a little bit better team now, especially because Joe Burrow's banged up here. And the 49ers have covered 7.5, which you would tease them up to, in 10 out of 12 games so far this season. They have an average losing margin of 8.2 overall and just 7 on the road. Bengals have only covered 7.5 in 5 out of 12 games. Not sure what you're going to get with Burrow. Mixon looked rough the last game. You're getting a good 49ers run defense. I would really like teasing up the 49ers in the spot. Hopefully you can get it back up to one or one and a half, but now they're just catching a half, so it's a little bit tougher because you'd have to do the seven-point teaser in that spot, which you're paying more for, which isn't ideal. Last teaser spot here, Rams, Cardinals, Monday Night Football Division game. Can we trust the Rams if we tease them up to plus eight and a half? They have covered that. In 9 out of 12 games, but every game they've lost except for one has been by a large margin. So the one that the one loss they've had that they actually covered the 8.5 was against Green Bay, 36-28. Uh, to 28. Look, the Rams, yes, they probably keep it close. They probably feel a lot better after finally getting a win against Jacksonville. But the Cardinals, when they win, they do it in an impressive fashion. They already beat the Rams in Los Angeles 37-20 this year. They've actually covered 8.5 in 8 out of 12 games. Got an average winning margin of 14.5. I still think teasing up the Rams, you're probably safe. 
but I just can't trust Los Angeles right now. But I really like teasing up the 49ers if we get that number back up there. Or heck, maybe even just taking the 49ers outright based on how this line is moving. Otherwise, Falcons teasing them up would probably be another top spot for this upcoming slate to tease. Coming up next, we'll talk more NFL, some college basketball to Ryan Rossing, host of the Philly City Cats, hopping on next. Sports betting discussion around your local teams. Bet Rivers has you covered because Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts that are designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. You've got city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles, and now New York. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts available and you get hooked up. Five episodes a week, great local sports betting content. Welcome back to Rush Hour here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Danny Burke, your host, live here out of the Bat River Sportsbook just outside of the Windy City. And speaking of the City Cast, joining us now, host of the Philadelphia City Cast, who's maybe got a little bit of QB controversy going on in his city. It's Ryan Rothstein at Wise Rye on the tweets. And like we said, host of the Philly City Cast. Look at that. Oh, what, what is that? Is that a jacket? Is that a sweater, Ryan? Whatever it is, it looks fantastic. I appreciate the getup. Um, explain the jacket first and then explain this quarterback controversy with their Eagles you got going on. <laughs> I figured I would look ridiculous because it's ridiculous here in Philadelphia right now. So it's not a jacket, Danny. All right, it's a button-up or a button-down tomato-tomato. So it's it's a classy shirt. It's basically like a... Uh, a tuxedo T-shirt. It says I'm formal, but I'm also here to party. Um, oh yeah. So, so that's what I'm going with here. <laughs> I love it. Hey, you're you're right. I mean, yeah. you got to have the ridiculous T-shirt, but it's some good fashion. I always appreciate a good Christmas getup. Uh, maybe you get a Christmas gift with Gardner Menchu if he's going to be your consistent quarterback here. I don't know. You and I were talking off break, and I was like, well, I feel like people are just trying to push the narrative that there's a quarterback controversy, but at the end of the day, realistically, it's still going to be Jalen Hurts. But these diehard Eagle fans maybe have something else to say, Ryan. Yeah, of course. You know, in, in Philadelphia, Danny, it's it's all we know. It, quite literally, uh, I was on Sports Radio 94 WIP hosting a show over the weekend, and I did a little history lesson. You can go back to 1995 here in Philadelphia, where there's just year after year of an example of a backup quarterback stepping in for either due to injury or poor play from the starter. And the backup leads the Eagles on like this magic carpet ride, improbable run. So people outside of Philadelphia, you know, sort of shake their heads and laugh. But it's quite literally just a lifestyle here in Philly where the backup quarterback steps in and shows us something different or takes us on some type of improbable run. So let me just break it up into two parts here. Jalen Hurts is the starter. Uh, Okay, like when the Eagles come back from the bye week this week, Jalen Hurts, barring a setback to due to his health, he will be the starting quarterback. But there are a good portion of fans throughout the city of Philadelphia and wherever they may be uh, saying, well, the offense did look a little bit different and different for uh, the better as far as just moving the ball through the air. Minshew getting it to 
uh, Dallas Goddard, which we haven't seen Jalen Hurts do consistently. Um, but the bottom line, it's the Jets. Uh, and Gardner Minshew was brought in for that exact reason. If you need him to step in for a game or two, you feel okay about it. And I feel like people also have to take into account, Ryan, the opponent being the New York Jets, right? I mean, I feel like you probably could have put any quarterback out there, and they probably would have been sufficient enough to get the job done because the Jets are still going to be the Jets. And that's not the knock on Gardner Minshew. Look, I love me some Minshew. I know everybody does. He's electric. You saw the video with him and his dad after the game. But I still think you probably have, I don't know, maybe more potential with Hurts because of his mobility, right? And because you want him to be the guy at the end of the day. You pretty much know what you get from Minshew, but I feel like there's still possibly some untapped potential, of course, with the young Jalen Hurts. Is that how you feel about it? Yeah, I, I feel like there's potential, but I'm not optimistic about it. I mean, the, the reality is Jalen Hurts is special, right? Like, it, he's a guy that clearly uh, the, the players in the locker room gravitate towards. He's a natural leader. Uh, he has a lot of intangibles that you can't teach in the offseason that you can't work on in the offseason. You either have, quote, it or you don't. And, and I feel like Jalen Hurts does have it, but that's all well and good. Does he have it as a passer? Uh, he's been very reliant on his strengths, and, and you don't blame him. But the reality is, can he hold up uh, long term in this league, running it 8 to 10, 12 times a game uh, and not going through his progressions and, and having that inconsistent play? as a pure passer in this league. And is that the way that this organization wants to build uh, for the future? I, I would say all those answers are, are no. So Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter. If nothing else, he has a lot more to prove before this team makes a decision in the offseason. Yeah, and I mean, what happened with Menchu, if anything, could maybe be, like you said, I mean, something to make him prove that he's worthy of being the starter, giving him that sort of chip on his shoulder. So uh, it'll be fascinating to see what happens with their next matchup against Washington, who's catching a roll right now. And look, speaking of that game, or speaking of that team, rather, Ryan, they got a big matchup against the Cowboys this week. Cowboys laying four on the road against Washington. When we look at these division odds, Dallas still the big favorite, minus 560. Washington plus 550. Your Eagles are 15 to 1. Then the Giants doesn't matter. They're 100 to 1. Uh, what do you think can happen after this week? What's going to be the story at the end of the day when it concludes between the Cowboys and the football team? What's your prediction? This is a big game. This is a game where it's it's really painful for the city of Philadelphia because you have to root for Dallas. You have to root for the Dallas Cowboys to take out Washington because the Eagles still have two matchups against Washington. When they come back from the bye, they're home welcoming in Washington. Uh, and then in week 17, second to last game of the year, the Eagles travel down to Washington uh, and, and they're going to be competing. I think it's going to be Philadelphia, Washington, and San Francisco are the three teams that are going to be vying for that seventh and final wildcard spot in the NFC. So you can be hopeful and cross your fingers and, and hope for the best for the Eagles to win the division. That That's not possible. So you don't want Washington this week if you're an Eagles fan or if you're the Eagles uh, taking down the Dallas Cowboys outright because uh, that that sets up for some trouble. So you need the Cowboys to get the win here if you want the Eagles to have a shot at the postseason. All right, Ryan, let's move away from the NFL, talk some college hoops, a big game for Nova tonight against Syracuse. Villanova laying eight in the hook. This total's at about 146 and a half. 
Um, I know we haven't really talked college basketball much, but I'm sure you have some strong interest in Villanova. So what do you think happens in this game, and what's kind of your overall outlook on the squad? Man, Villanova's uh, – the, the job that Jay Wright has been able to do here is – uh, unbelievable for anyone that hasn't been to the campus of Villanova. Uh, most of your high school campuses quote campuses are, are bigger. It's, it's a small <laughs> private university uh, who's always been known for their basketball, but Jay Wright has certainly changed things here because they are a top tier program. When I say top tier, you, you almost expect the final four run now in Philadelphia every season. Colin Gillespie, the unfortunate season ending injury last year. He's back. This team is deep. They are uh, veteran, uh, deep with the veterans on this team, I should say. They have two losses already early, but it's two losses to teams that are ranked higher than them. Uh, I think it's UCLA and Purdue where their two losses are. So they are loaded. They run uh, that offense, spread you out and, and slow it down a little bit as well. You have to love Gillespie as the leader. It's a lot of points to feel comfortable about, but I would lean uh, with Villanova covering. My better bet for this game tonight is take Villanova uh, minus four to four and a half on the first half spread. Villanova's been getting out to hot starts in their first halves, uh, and I think they're able to cover that number, and you feel a little bit better about it than laying the eight and a half for the game. All right, well, let's stick college before we let you go. We got about a minute left, Ryan, so... Uh, you got a big bowl game coming up with your alma mater, West Virginia. Had to ask you about it. We got some interest here in the Midwest with a Big Ten team in Minnesota, and the Gophers laying four in the hook in this guaranteed rate bowl matchup. Total is low at 43.5. You think your boys can hang in there with Minnesota? <laughs> it's been a rough season for West Virginia football. Um, six and six. They did what they needed to do to get into the to get into a bowl game, which is great. Uh, I think they can hang in there, right? Like, and, and I'm a little bit biased, uh, but they, they've shown that they're a little bit better than their record for whatever that is worth. Uh, and, and I'm going to ride with them, man. I also like the over. Uh, I like the over in this game. Uh, and I think West Virginia is going to be able to hang in and possibly get the win outright uh, against the Gophers. Yeah, 43 and a half to the over is shaded that way, minus 120. And look, Minnesota has been such a volatile team. They've dealt with so much adversity. So maybe taking the points ain't the worst proposition in this matchup. But, Ryan, yeah. I know you'll have fun watching that. Uh, hopefully you get a nice winner with Villanova tonight. I know we'll be sweating out the first half with you. Thank you, as always, for making some time tonight, my friend. Always for you, Danny. No problem. I appreciate it. You got it. There's Ryan Rossi with the best outfit in the game at Wise Rye, where you can follow him on Twitter, host of the Philadelphia City Cast. I'm sure we'll be talking ad nauseum about that quarterback controversy, so-called, uh, in Philadelphia with Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts. NFC East still could be coming down to the wire. Cowboys started out hot. Washington is making a run, and look, Philly was, and then inevitably, as a Philly sports fan, as Ryan kind of alludes to, they disappoint him. We're, we're pretty familiar about that here in the Chicago land area. But let's switch it over. Let's go to the ice. Talk some puck with our guy Andy McNeil, Beeson's NHL betting expert. Big slate tonight. He's got several games that he's got strong thoughts on. You won't want to miss it. Stick around. It is Rush Hour right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. This is Rush Hour on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Network. 
the VEASAN Bowl betting guide is almost here with everything you need to bet smarter on every single bowl game. And this year's guide will provide matchup analysis on all 41 bowl games, which includes insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. The guide is designed to give you an edge whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or you just want to find a few key high-value props. This guide will drop December 13th, so make sure you get your copy today for only $19.99, and you can get that at vsin.com slash subscribe. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back into the show. It is Rush Hour here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Danny Burke, your host, and it's time to talk some puck, and we got to bring in VEASAN's NHL expert, Andy McNeil at Digital Gambler, where you can catch him on the tweets. It can always get his write-ups on the slate of hockey games, VSIN.com slash subscribe. And, Andy, we got a big slate to look forward to tonight, so let's kick things off with a couple of games I know that you did play in today's write-up, and let's start with Tampa Bay and Montreal. The Canadians, I mean, man, they, they've been a rough squad to back this season, and hopefully no one's really been doing it. But, you know, this is a rematch of the Stanley Cup Finals. Tampa Bay still looking like a top team, and like we're saying, I mean, Montreal not so much. And you're getting Tampa Bay minus 240 here. Big price. How are you looking to bet this game? Well, that's pretty close to where I've lined this game. My handicap is a little bit north of that, uh, closer to minus 250. Um, and and I was a bit perplexed throughout the day uh, because I, I bet this early. I bet the money line. Uh, I bet the puck line at plus 125. So I need uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning to cover the one and a half goal line there. And, and the 60-minute line at, at minus 120 all the way up to minus 135. Uh, so I've got three different bets on the Lightning here today. And I was a little bit not to say nervous i'm very confident in what i'm doing but i had no uh, agreement from the market that minus 200 minus 210 sat around all day long uh despite all of the news that the canadians are without brendan gallagher josh anderson tyler Toffoli, jeff petrie i mean this is a shell of the team that went to the stanley cup final last year and and lost to this tampa bay lightning team um and and i, I just couldn't understand so it's i'm a little bit happy to see this this late steam come in and and the lightning get to get pushed up and get that little uh, bit of um, you know reassurance from the market. But yeah, I, I like the lightning at, on the puck line um, at, at plus 120 or better. Uh, unfortunately, that's uh, that looks like it's moved to um, this team. You know, this Canadian team, they're depleted. Uh, the lightning obviously um, are without Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov and, and a couple of other players, but they've shown that they can still handle uh, a team like the Canadians uh, quite easily. So. It's it's a uh, it looks like a strong handicap in my opinion, and I'm I'm hoping it uh it, it plays out that way. Yeah, I like it. Once I finished your read up or, or your write up, and I was reading it, you know, I was looking into this game. I was like, ah, the price is kind of high, but I'm someone who kind of delves into those 60 minute lines, so I took a little piece of this game too. So we'll be sweating that one out together with Tampa Bay. Panthers and Blues, I took a little piece of Florida as well. Not usually my normal unit per se because I'm a little bit hesitant on the Panthers just because, you know, to me, I mean, they, they've been in – I don't want to say volatile, but they haven't been as dominant on the road. It's still early, but you're getting a depleted Blues team here, and that's what makes Florida probably the best bet in this game. They're minus 157 on the money line. I know that you were back in Florida, too. Is there a price you would play them up to? Is there any different thoughts in this game? What are you thinking about it as we're sitting here now? 
I laid minus 150, and I think it's Panthers or nothing here. Um, you wouldn't want to reach too much, but minus 157 isn't isn't too bad. I think there's a little bit of value there. Um, it's it's you know a really tough spot for the Blues here. They've already you know they're dealing with the loss of Jordan Binnington. He's on the COVID-19 list, uh, so it's it's Billy Huso in goal, and uh, he's been pretty spotty this season and last. So it's you know you've got a Panthers team that that's getting Alexander Barkov back. He's missed the last number of games with a lower body injury and. He's he was a, a such a big piece of this team and and uh, they're still missing Anthony Duclair but um, I, I've lined this game around minus 165 in favor of the Panthers the Blues they're only playing with 10 forwards uh, due to salary cap constraints I believe that'll change after this game they'll they'll uh, get relieved of that a little relieved of that a little bit but um, as for tonight uh, it's going to be a really tough spot there without uh, four or five really important players Robert Thomas being a big offensive leader on that team, and he's not going to be in the lineup tonight. All right, Andy, let's move on. You know, speaking of tough spots potentially, I know you're not necessarily in love with this game per se, but the Oilers and the Wild, this game stood out to me because Minnesota, as at this point, seems like a team that has dealt with a lot of adversity, dealing with injuries. And, you know, Edmonton, they've been going through a little bit of a rough patch but still have their star-studded group. And it looks like there may be some late movement on the Oilers up to minus 117, high total of six and a half. What were your initial thoughts on this game? And is there anything that you did get involved with in terms of betting this spot? Well, this is a game where I might regret not quite trusting my numbers here because I have a lot of trouble with the Minnesota Wild. And, you know, I, I do I do like the fact that, like you said, they've, they've dealt with a lot of uh, adversity and faced a lot of adversity and you really see what teams are made of i think we saw that with the toronto maple leafs as of late everything was coming up maple leafs throughout the month of november uh, and then they faced their first back-to-back -back situation and they lost both games it was uh you know a, a little bit of a wake-up call for for maybe some people that were were thinking that everything was going to be uh going on easy street for that team and um the wild are just a team that that seemed to give me a lot of trouble and i i'm, I'm not too confident. I'm, I'm never very confident in my ability to uh, assess this team or handicap their games. I've lined the game at Edmonton minus 125, so I'm definitely leaning towards the Oilers here. But I've I've got all evening to uh, to consider it, and, I, and I'm I'm thinking that uh, there are some other forecasters and modelers out there that that think the Wild should the, the game should maybe be uh, closer to the Wild here. So I'm just going to wait and see. Maybe that line comes down even further, and uh, we can get. You know, better than minus 115 uh, on the Oilers. And at that point, I'd, I'd probably trust my number and, and go with the play. Okay, then what about this other late matchup, 9.30 p.m. Central time for us here in the Midwest? You got the Flames on the road against the Sharks. Now, Calgary's been a really solid team. And I guess relatively they're not too steep. But, I mean, San Jose's been somewhat solid at home. It does look like, Andy, that the Flames have gotten some steam as well, up to minus 143. You think the Flames have some value here? Is it a stay away? How are you looking at this matchup between these two? Well, it's a little unusual because um, I believe every, most people thought that Jacob Markstrom would, would get another start here in San Jose. Uh, but it's going to be uh, Daniel Vladar. Uh, the backup goaltender, who's been very good this season. And I don't really think it, it's that big of a downgrade. Um, but I haven't seen the market react to that. The The Flames are pretty much still priced where they were uh, when this news came out that Vladar was going, going to get the start. And uh, when that happened, I was hoping, okay, like, hit the Sharks. Give me give me that, that line on the Flames that I'm looking for. 
Uh, but like you said, they're they're still around minus 140 at a lot of shops, and and it hasn't come down. So that's another one where I don't necessarily want think there's a a, a good bet to be had on the Sharks. But if I can get that Flames price to come down a little bit, I'll, I'll look for the the Calgary Flames at around minus 125 or better. All right, I like it. Andy, before we let you go here, we got to ask you about the Blackhawks tonight. It looks like they're actually getting some love in the market. They're down to plus 104 as the Rangers are coming to town. New York at Bet Rivers about minus 121. Total set at five and a half. you have any faith in Chicago for this matchup? Uh, well, I, I think they're the right side, um, you know, relative to, to what the line was before. Anybody that got down on the Blackhawks at, uh, you know, plus 115 probably made a good bet here. Um, I'm I'm a little bit closer to the Rangers here because a lot of what I was looking for in maybe betting on the Blackhawks was, first of all, Marc-Andre Fleury to get the start. It looks like that's going to happen. Um, it was Kevin Lankinen in the last game, and, and the Rangers got the win. Um, but uh, the Blackhawks were close. Uh, Alexander Georgiev, the Rangers' backup goaltender, who's going to play again tonight, he had some help from his post, so uh, it wasn't, you know, it, the, 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 the final score maybe didn't uh, reflect what, what, what happened in the game. Um, I, I think I was looking for Adam Fox to miss the game because he looked like he got banged up in the last one. But, uh, yeah, if, if you were on the, the Blackhawks earlier, you made the right call. But I'm not sure I'd take plus 104 or plus 100 at this point. Uh, I, do, I do think there's going to be some goals tonight because Alexander Georgiev, uh, you know, he's, he's pretty shaky and the Blackhawks have some lethal shooters. So uh, it's, it's Blackhawks or nothing for me. Yeah, you're right. I mean, look, the Blackhawks still a little bit of value, but knowing you could have got a lot better, not the best numbers, so maybe a wait for something. And you talk about that total five and a half. It is shaded to the over, so potentially a higher scoring affair at the United Center. Andy, we are up against it, my friend. Always love talking puck with you and love seeing your write-ups at VSIN. You guys can all get a hold of it, vsin.com slash subscribe. Keep up the great work, Andy, and best of luck with all your plays tonight. Thanks. Good luck tonight, guys at Digital Gambler, where you can also follow him on Twitter. But again, very important if you want to get involved with hockey, be sure to check what Andy's thinking about the market for all these games, vsin.com slash subscribe. Coming up next, it is time for Danny's Dimes here on Rush Hour. I've got to play in hockey with a game we didn't talk about. We've also got some early college football bowl action and one NFL game that I've pulled the trigger on. So stick around. We'll tell you what those are next. Final segment, it is Rush Hour here on Vsin. Sportsbook takes football same game parlays to a whole other level because now you can combine same game parlays from different games to give you even more ways to make your perfect combination. And in addition to that, Bet Rivers has added more and more same game parlay props for college football matchups just in time for the biggest games of the season. So download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to explore all the new ways you can create your ideal combo. Must be 21. Gambling problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. one 3500 in Virginia. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Playable in New Jersey as Play Sugar House. Void where prohibited. 
Okay, welcome back to it. Final segment here on this Tuesday evening. The show is Rush Hour. Network is Beeson, which you can follow on the tweets at Beeson Live. As for myself, Danny Burke, at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. We're going all over the place here. It is time for Danny's Dimes. My best bets for, well, we've got one tonight, one for this weekend, a couple in the future. We're all over the place. College football, NFL, and hockey. But let's begin with the National Football League AFC North matchup between the Browns and the Ravens. We discussed this game in Teaser Tuesday to kick things off. I mentioned I would have a different outlook on this game. And I am looking to bet Cleveland in this spot. That's right. The Browns money line. I'm trusting them despite what the outcome was the other week where they dropped against the Ravens. But look, it wasn't too far-fetched of a game. I mean, the Ravens were a little bit better in that game, of course. Baker didn't have the best match. He started out fine, but they couldn't take advantage of the turnovers. Is Lamar going to have that happen again? Probably not. But this Browns team is going to be pissed. They're going to be ready to go off the bye week, and you're getting a Ravens team that is just absolutely banged up with injuries. Plus, you've seen some line movement go toward the Browns as well. Baltimore open one. Now Cleveland's minus two and a half. I played money line minus a buck thirty for Cleveland. Look, I mean, again, that game was just sixteen to ten, and the Ravens they just lost Marlon Humphrey to add even deeper to their injury list. But when you're looking down at some of these numbers too, I mean, you know, this Ravens team is—I don't want to say they're getting lucky with their wins, but maybe the W column isn't as deep as it should be. I mean, their last three games, they're only averaging four point two yards per play. The Browns overall this year getting about five point seven. Defensively, Cleveland is limiting opponents to 5.2 yards per play and even better at home, 4.6. The Ravens, they rank second to last, allowing opponents to get six yards per play. I get it. The Browns' offense is not dynamic. It hasn't been impressive since OBJ's left or even beforehand, but I think that they actually are going to get the job done in this game with, for them, a back-to-back division game. Seeing the tape, what the Steelers did, knowing what they did the week before, you got to think the advantage is with Cleveland. Plus, the Browns actually rank better in DVOA offense and defense compared to the Ravens. Surprisingly enough, offensively, Cleveland is 13th overall, 19th in the pass, third in the run. When you look at Baltimore, overall, they're 19th, 22nd in the passing game, and 7th in the ground attack. Defense, the Browns have a better pass defense, and just overall they're better. Where the Ravens do pretty solid defensively against the run, they rank fifth. That's where it's their strong suit. So, you know, the Browns are going to have to pass the ball. Baker Mayfield is going to have to step up, and maybe he's given that shoulder some time to rest with the bye week, getting a little bit healthier, and he's just able to be a normal quarterback and throw the dang ball. So hopefully he can do that. So I'm going with the line movement with the team that I think has the better advantage in that matchup and needs it. They absolutely need it. Give me the Browns on the money line, minus 130, hosting the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. All right, let's keep the conversation in football. However, let's talk some college football. We've got some bowl games to look forward to and a couple that I wanted to jump in on early. Notre Dame, Oklahoma State. This game before the line even came out, myself and I'm sure a lot of other people were like almost that it was going to be an automatic play because of everything that has been ongoing with Notre Dame. Look, you lose Brian Kelly in a stunning fashion to say the least. You promote a guy within the program. Marcus Freeman takes over. The guys obviously love him. I mean, they wanted him to be promoted as coach. You're seeing what a great guy he is and the efforts he's already taken and how just really the whole team seems to have rallied around him as of this point. 
And overall, even aside from that, but the bowl games a lot of time are narrative-driven, whether it's because of coaches, whether it's because of who's playing and who's not playing, motivation, instead of all that stuff, it is absolutely there for Notre Dame. Oklahoma State on the other side, well, for them, they're coming off a devastating loss and missing their opportunity to get into the college football playoff. And man, that was a just devastating way to do it with those four opportunities. And now you're getting a Notre Dame team that, to me, is coming in here a lot more motivated, saying, you know, Brian Kelly, who needs you, buddy? You abandoned us. We could still win without you. We're going to make our guy Marcus Freeman look awesome and get off to a great start as head coach Notre Dame. So with this game, I'm taking Notre Dame on the money line in the Fiesta Bowl. I laid minus 130. I know they're about minus two, minus two and a half, whatever it is. But I like to lay a little bit more to have more security, especially in a volatile sport. You can't trust kickers, too. So I'm just going Notre Dame money line minus a buck 30. This is a narrative-driven game. Notre Dame will get up for this one. Give me the Irish. Another spot where I did pull the trigger on in college football, and this is actually going to be one of the write-ups that I'm doing for the college football uh, bowl betting guide again, December 13th, 1999. Get your copy now, vsin.com slash subscribe. So it's the Boca Raton Bowl. And I'm going with Appalachian State here, baby. The Mountaineers are currently laying two in the hook at Bet Rivers. Money line's minus 137. I played them on the money line minus 135. Higher total of one, uh, of 67, excuse me. Shaded to the under, minus 112. But look, you got the number one passing offense in the Hilltoppers, right? And they've been dominant and consistent in doing that all season. But App State's got a really good pass defense, honestly, and I think that's going to be the difference maker in this game. Who can get the big stop here? We know Western Kentucky, they're going to be able to move the ball, but I think Appalachian State a couple of times will make the big stop that will be the difference maker in this game. Hilltoppers putting up 43 points per game, but defensively, they're not great. They're allowing almost 30. And the Mountaineers offense is pretty solid, too. I mean, they're putting up 34 points per contest, and they got a respectable defense that's limiting opponents to under 20 points per game. Now, what also a big difference that can occur in this game is that the Mountaineers are getting about 188 rushing yards per game, and especially where Western Kentucky will struggle is on the ground, giving up over 160 rushing yards per game. So if Appalachian State can get that one big stop, couple big stops, whatever it is, their offense is cruising against a vulnerable Western Kentucky defense, keep running the ball, keep pounding it through the interior, and look to run down that clock, control tempo, control momentum, and this game. So I think App State has the advantage here. They've won their previous six bowl games since 2015. I know that doesn't mean much, but they want to keep the streak going. So I'm banking on the fact that they do. So give me App State minus 135 on the money line. Again, right now at Bet Rivers, minus 137. So, of course, we'd still advocate for playing that. So let's go Mountaineers on the money line early college football bowl action. Final play we've got for Dandy's Dimes tonight. We are taking it to the ice. One play with the puck that I'm making officially. I know, you know, I was saying with Andy, I mean, I had a small play on the Lightning and the Panthers, but another game that I'm making for myself officially that I wanted to throw out there. Let's talk about the Sabres and the Ducks tonight. Is it a pretty game, intriguing game? No, probably not, but uh, maybe that makes it better to put a wager on. Anaheim open minus 115, Buffalo plus 105. Now you're seeing Anaheim actually getting steamed a little bit up to minus 125. Buffalo about plus 108. But where my interests lie in this game is with the total over six. Minus 113 is currently where it's at at Bet Rivers, and I'm liking the over in this game. 
Now, the Ducks kind of killed us last night. We had the Capitals to win in regulation, and while Washington won, it was in a shootout, so a tough loss there. But they're coming off a back-to-back, maybe a little bit tired in this game, defense more sloppy. And from the side of Buffalo, I mean, all their goalies are banged up. It's incredible. So they're getting a guy promoted up here. Uh, Lukanen, he was from Rochester of the American Hockey League. He was a top prospect in the organization, but he hasn't been doing that well this year. 6-6, six and six, 3.42 goals against average, and an 88% save percentage. So he hasn't been anything dominant, and now he's going to get his first start. I'm not trusting him too much, the 22-year-old from Finland. You know, look, the Ducks aren't dominant, but it still could be a tough outing for him. And they're putting uh, Stolarz in for Anaheim, who this year, 2.82 goals against average, 92% with his saves, 3-2-1 overall. He's not bad, but the one road game he had, he led up five goals to Edmonton in October, and both of these teams have kind of been over machines as of late. The Ducks, 4-0-1 with this over being at six the last five games. Sabres have gone over the total of six in their last three games in a row. Ducks averaging over 3.3 goals per game and allowing three themselves. Sabres averaging about three goals per game and allowing almost four. Goalie situation has been tough. Can't foresee it getting much better tonight. So my hockey bet tonight, over six between the Ducks and the Sabres. Aside from that, college football, we got Notre Dame money line versus Oklahoma State. App State money line minus 135 versus Western Kentucky. And looking ahead to the upcoming NFL slate, taking Browns on the money line minus a buck 30 versus the Baltimore Ravens. Best of luck as always if you tail. Thank you for everybody working on the show and joining it tonight. We will catch up again tomorrow in the middle of the week. Until then, take care.